you are listening to a Geek Network interview. Be sure to hit the follow button to get notified when a new episode is available. You can also visit us at geek-network.com for your guide to the geek entertainment news you love. Created for geeks, by geeks, and remember to always geek responsibly. Hey man, um, it's uh, actually like a huge pleasure. I'm geeking out a little bit, um, being able to be a part of this interview. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, very well. <laughs> you say bacon one more time, we might have problems. So, but <laughs> thank you. It's it's uh, it is an honor to be here. Um, and as usual, I know I speak for the whole uh, cast of Overwatch uh, when I say thank you for the ongoing support. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, just a little uh, bit of an icebreaker here just to get things started. So, um, you know, your, um, you know, Roadhog is at a karaoke place. Uh, you know, what song uh, would he end up doing as a karaoke song? And actually, if you partake in karaoke, what is your go to song? Man, those are two really good questions. Uh, OK, so I feel like if Roadhog was at a karaoke he would sing like, "Put your put your head on my shoulder." <laughs> sing that one, like, <laughs> or like something like, or maybe he would sing some like some really like hardcore metal song or something, right? Like some Slipknot or some uh, maybe some like weird '90s metal. Like he's really into a what was that one mud vein or something random <laughs> he's really it. into or nine inch nails it was probably more like it he's like probably a nice nail song and then for me i've been known to uh to croon out some sinatra i've been known to do uh witchcraft I've been known to sing strangers in the night um and i heard a funny story one time that karaoke in the philippines is a big deal and if you sing certain frank sinatra songs and you don't do it justice like you may it's like disrespectful you may like start a fight you know what i mean like apparently oh, to do the sinatra song it is a big deal like it's like oh you're gonna you're gonna do that huh so <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome big sinatra fan um you know nine inch nails and mudvane as well so that's awesome that you have <laughs> those picked out <laughs> that's a good three right i mean that's pretty it's a nice little eclectic mix there we're going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so I found this out um, attending uh, a con in Palm Springs, um, Palm Springs Comic Con, um, you know, okay. got to interact there with you for a bit. Um, so I found out that you're a huge Superman fan. So uh, what has been your yeah. story, favorite story storyline so far um, or comic run? You know, um, I'm old school. So I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 82. So. I really grew up like my dad had Superman comics and there was no like Superman media back then. Like, so in the early eighties, early nineties, it was just comics um, and oh, the old comics. And there were, there were cartoons, but they were hard to get. And they were like these cartoons from the fifties and sixties. Some of them were in black and white. Some of them were in color. And then of course there was the black and white Superman show, which was kind of had a uh, unfortunate black eyes in the, in society because the 
the the main actor in that show suffered from depression and took his own life. The character, the guy who p- portrays Superman, should took a dark turn. But <laughs> <laughs> the the point was that I grew up with a lot of Superman comics, and they were hard to get. So the older I got. Um, and I watched them expand it. I was thrilled. I remember like the death of Superman was a big deal for me. Um, that whole original arc when, you know, doomsday and, and everything happens. I remember being intrigued with the suit, the rise of the Superman, um, because back then it was hard to get everything, you know, sequentially comic wise. So my dad would bring home one or two here and there, and he was good enough that he may miss a week or two here and there, but I would get every third or fourth one, you know, mm-hmm. so I could follow. I may miss one or two in there, but I would get it. It was hard to follow because I didn't understand as a kid that like the story was continuing and just different uh, uh, mags, mags, basically like different books would continue the story under a different name. So like there'd be a Superboy book, there would be like a, a steel book and there would be the, the, the other Superman book, you know what I mean? The cyber mm-hmm. Superman or whatever. So that was really fun. And then, I enjoyed the movies. I know people hated Man of Steel. I really like Man of Steel. Um, I'm down with Henry as as Superman. I think he does an incredible job. So, yeah, I'm with it. Um, I did like the Justice League Snyder cut because it was just different. It was just weird. Uh, <laughs> it was just weird, right? So I enjoyed it. And you uh, you took my follow up question, but that's awesome. I'm, I'm also a big Superman fan, so that uh, finding out that fact made me you know geek out even a little bit more when I first met you. <laughs> Well, you know what I'm really curious about that I've dug up to is you'll appreciate this is the uh, maybe we talked about this in person, but was the Nicolas Cage Superman movie that never was right. You know, it was like the one that never was. And there's these pictures of him in the suit and it is wild. Yeah, he could have been Superman would have been uh, awesome. It's a shame it never happened because Kevin Smith is just such a huge, you know, geek icon. And he's a fan of, you know, Batman. He's written a couple Batman stories. And uh, right. And he was so involved in that Superman movie and just never happened. And didn't that like I think he's told stories how the spider in Wild Wild West came from that movie because that was supposed to be the end boss in the Superman movie was the giant spider. And they basically and they basically put it in Wild Wild West instead. (laughs) Look that up. Yeah. Go, well, check, look that up. The geek, you heard it here. Geek Network, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely will look it up. Um, also, so I'm really curious about this. Um, it's more about like doing the podcast thing, and it's more about uh, you know the short story work that you're currently doing. Uh, We're alive, Descendants. Um, how does that work, like direction wise? You get a script beforehand and like talk over things. Um, and how does the direction work for it? Wow. Another great question. Um, so we're alive. Descendants is an audio drama that's based on the whole world is called we're alive. And there are several different, uh, I guess, chapters, you could say descendants is one of them. There's we're alive frontier, which was a, uh, tabletop role-playing show that did two seasons on geek and sundry that had, uh, a lot of grit had on me, Anjali Bamani, B, uh, B Dave Walters, uh, Vince Casso, Melanie Stone, uh, among others, uh, Xander as well was 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 involved. We had a ton of fun doing that, and the audio drama is great because we work with this guy named Wayland, and um, Wayland Productions is the entire mastermind behind it. And it's this guy who writes everything, so the whole universe is in his mind and in these huge binders he like carries around. 
and he so he has like the whole universe kind of mapped out in his mind and a lot of these scripts he'll write ahead of time and bring in a whole group of people and it was really fun because this kind of when you record it it's very much old school radio style in the sense that when they used to do radio dramas everyone would be in the same room and they'd be doing it live basically and nowadays video games are recorded you know a majority of the time alone um very rarely will you have a mocap session with somebody else then you know sometimes even all your lines will be 80 yard later so you know it's very rare and it's really fun we get to do these big group sessions and something like this it's basically a the story is about an apocalyptic wasteland in the future current past like maybe five ten years in the future from where we are and the outbreak has happened 20 years ago and um zombies creatures mutations everywhere there's uh kind of malicious and things that have sprung up very walking dead ish vibe a zombie apocalypse thing but super cool and wayland is a uh, a veteran as well so a lot of his uh, knowledge and military uh, expertise lends its uh advice to the story to really ground it and make everything really realistic and he focuses heavily on foley uh so there's some amazing sound design in the whole thing of you know boots clanking on grates as water gushes underneath and a small gurgling sound is heard rising from the bubbles like it's he does really good stuff that was a really good narration of uh you know just what's going on in the background (laughs) (laughs) i play a character called walrus in the newest world of descendants um without spoiling anything because it is episodic he's involved in a uh a big kind of Thunderdome arena where people are tested, so to speak. So it's these big scenes that I got to have uh, barking over a crowd and then other hushed kind of in between with other main leads. It was really fun. Nice. That sounds awesome. And yeah, I've been, uh, I've been slacking on my, all my podcasts, but that's definitely on my list. (laughs) Check it out. And um if you do like it too, they, uh, the live show, they just put season two. It's all on YouTube, all for free now. Okay. Originally, they pay they paywalled a lot of that stuff. Geek and Sundry did behind this site called uh, Project Alpha that doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> and Project Alpha was mostly there, to my knowledge in the beginning, to kind of be the video-on-demand service for Critical Role. Because when Critical Role was on Geek and uh, Twitch, rather, they kind of were trying to direct people uh, towards this external site, right? And they had other content too. They had some amazing shows uh, hosted by, you know, Eric Williams and some other great people who were did some amazing content. TJ Rotel and Denise uh, did some incredible work as well over there. So, but what would end up happening is when Critical Role kind of moved into their own boots um, and moved away from Geek and Sundry a little bit, right? Uh, it lost some of those streaming uh, either licenses or whatever. So the library was taken down. Less people had a reason to subscribe. So it was harder to entice new people. And it just ended up shutting down. Like the content was amazing, but the service in itself was suffering because people were watching mostly on Twitch and it was mm-hmm. hard to get them to go to a different site. But now it's all available on YouTube. Now we Sorry, got the inside scoop. <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> and, um, I'm pretty sure you get this asked uh, quite often, but um, when it comes to fandoms um, such as, you know, Agretzko or Overwatch um, or any other projects that you worked on, I know Blizzard is really heavy when it comes to, uh, you know, pre-scripting everything, but have you ever had any um, 
uh, creative freedom, such as, again, Gretzko or Overwatch or any of the other Blizzard projects you've done? You know, it's tough because a lot of these times the lines are obviously there. Um, and more so sometimes I think when I do stuff like Gretzko and other dubs and stuff like that for anime, at least in Gretzko, when I work with Patrick Seitz, who's the amazing director, shout out Patrick. Patrick Seitz is so cool about if when they're translating the lines, sometimes there's so much to say in such a little amount of time or so little to say in such a long amount of time that the line has to be re re rewritten, reworded just a little bit. Um, and so sometimes on the spot, we'll say it the way it was written multiple times. And then you'll hear the director be like, hang on one second. <laughs> And they'll come back in like a minute. Okay, so instead of staring at the sun, I need you to say, stare, staring, staring at the sky, blinding lights. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, and sometimes you, I get a little bit of, uh, when we did the raps at Gretzko, for, for a great example, um, mm -hmm. it was really fun to do that as director tone because I remember Patrick was like, all right, are we, are we going to be able to, do you want like a metronome or something like keep you on the beat? I was like, well, just, just play it. You know, and then he hit it. And like, I did it in like two takes. He was like, yeah, <laughs> so, Damn, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he was like, all right, we don't need anyone. That was awesome. I was like, sweet. So <laughs> we, we got it pretty early. So, and I think when we did the, he had another rap in like season, season three, I think he had another rap, mm -hmm. a brief rap. And that was, I was ready that time too. I was hungry. <laughs> I mean, I've heard multiple voice actors just saying, like, you got to have rhythm, you know, to, uh, especially if you're dubbing uh, anime and that sort of thing. You got to really match and sync up with the uh, mouth laps. <laughs> well, it's hard because, God, it is not easy. Like, it's one thing that, you know, uh, that's why voice acting is such a, a fickle, you know, job. It's so difficult because once you get there and you have the voice down and you have the bravado and you can turn on the switch in the studio and you book and you had all the gear to do the audition with the agent to book it. And then you made it to the studio. Like we're on step like 20 at that point, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. now it's like, well, now you got to perform. And not only do you need to perform, you need to perform like incredible. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's daunting, but you know, I think with the right training, the right acting coaching and the right directors real magic it's made in the booth so definitely and um you did share this at uh the story at phoenix or i'm sorry not phoenix uh at palm springs comic-con uh, you told us about you know how you kind of got that gig at universal studios for megatron can uh, our listeners uh -huh. uh, get that story yeah so um <sighs> It's been 10 years. We just celebrated 10 years. Um, Megatron awesome. and Optimus Prime and the Bumblebee show there at the Transformers Ride. And our new neighbor is Super Nintendo Land. Uh, so Super Nintendo Land is almost done. It is incredible. Uh, it looks really fun. There's a Mario Kart ride coming. So it is going to open uh, early 2023, they're saying. So we'll see. How I got the job was I worked at Buffalo Wellings as a bartender when I moved to LA. I had I went from like a really nice bartending job, like a really awesome Buffalo Wellings, 
and then when I moved to LA, I was like in the family room at a Buffalo Wild so I just transferred. I went from like the top bartender, like, oh no, now you're waiting on 30 people for four dollars. <laughs> nah. So there was a person named Jazz there and another person named Brian Hawes, and Brian Hawes was a homer. And so I'd always pick his Brian brain, like, what's it like working there as Homer? And he'd be like, Oh, it's awesome, you know, it's incredible. And then one day this girl Jazz said, Hey, I know you used to you do a killer Optimus Prime impersonation because I'd been doing one for years. Uh, why don't you go try out for this? They're literally auditioning for voices for Universal Studios. I was like, Are you kidding me? You know? And so I auditioned and got the role. And uh, we built the show and we uh, I got more and more involved with the company as the years went on and did tons of stuff for Universal Studios theme park since then, which include being heavily featured as the Grinch for four to five years and billboards and pictures and meet and greets and all that to uh, being in The Walking Dead uh, maze that they had for several years as a video package in there to being able to do stuff for Halloween Horror Nights um, and even Wizarding World of Harry Potter, being able to be the, the voice of the sorting hat in the night timelines. So I've That's been, awesome. uh, we've been busy past 10 years over there. So Super Nintendo uh, World is on the way and I look forward to to seeing what, the, what it's all about. I'm just as excited as everybody else. <laughs> I mean, um, I just got to say, I get, um, you know, I hope, this opportunity comes your way, but I can see you, you know, doing some sort of Bowser voice in the future. <laughs> Man, I, I hope so, right? Like, uh, we get a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people wearing Mario gear now, so everyone's really excited. It's going to be fun. That's awesome. And this kind of follows up with, uh, with the whole Megatron thing. How do you feel about Megatron becoming a social media influencer since he's blowing up on TikTok? <laughs> You're right. God. You know, um, flattered that people enjoy the uh, the craft that uh, we all perform and that people enjoy what we do i'm flattered and uh it's a different world you know back in the day when you worked at the theme park you didn't have a thousand cameras in front of you and the people who did record stuff was just for them you know what i mean so it was uh a little easier to make the magic i don't know right and now so right. now nowadays everyone you know uh, is really wanting to get something new and I get it. And uh, so that's why it's fun. Cause we get to live on the edge like that. We get to be there and be present in the moment every day. And that's why it's like an evolving act. And I think it's a true testament to live improv and live performance. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud of everything we've done there. And I, I think everyone really enjoys it too. Like, I think it stays true to the characters. It stays true to the lineage. It pays homage to everything because Optimus and, Bumblebee are out there fighting the good fight. <laughs> Megatron just does not care. He does not want to be on planet Earth. Uh, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and it's very, like, it's enjoyable. And so we've been really fortunate to be able to bring this to life for people. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, uh, really blessed to be able to do that. Awesome. And I uh, got to get a little bit sidetracked here. But uh, what, what has been the best roast you've ever done if somebody has Megatron? Well, you know, I tell people all the time, like it's uh roasting is, is fun because some of the best stuff just happens. Just, you know, you don't plan for it. it just kind of happens. You know, um, there's certain things that, 
you know, there's kind of a rule in general, like, because there's a difference between roasting someone like Jeff Ross, who's incredible. Like if you roast somebody <laughs> like Jeff Ross does, you don't give a, you don't give a damn. You know what I mean? You're right. <laughs> you don't care. You know what I mean? You, 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 you're approaching comedy on an extreme level. That's okay. Like, that's fine. I love stuff like that. Um, Megatron, we're still, there's children still involved. So you got to walk the line. You know, I still want to have everyone have a good time and I want to make sure that people are entertained but i don't want to stray too far from the character and uh they're like oh and, you're a jerk <laughs> right and i don't want to really i don't want to hurt someone's feelings i'm not there to hurt someone's feelings you know what i mean i'm there to have make sure everyone has a good time so in the end that's the most important thing is that everyone has a good time awesome um and as someone who has voice for multiple video games um why do you think video game to movie app adaptations fall kind of flat i think it's because it, this, it's not a, it's like it's, i say this all the time um when we did overwatch the a lot when i would meet all the fans it was so fun because it was more than a, an animation or a, a cartoon that you would watch or a movie several times it was the same thing over and over and over so the adventure was amazing but so many people had different adventures with all of these characters they had different stories to tell about one day I was with Roadhog. One day I was with Sombra. One day this happened to me and I was like playing Diva. And everyone had a different story to tell about how the character was with them. And I thought that was the most awesome and unique thing I'd ever heard was that everyone had something different. Everyone had a different memory, a different memory of how my character was with them one night when, or one day when they did something. And that to me is like the new, the coolest part about new media. Um, and so... I think that's kind of like in the vein of what you're asking, right? You know, right? Absolutely. And if you could choose any actor, say uh, Blizzard was like, "Yo, we got a call from Warner Brothers. Uh, we're gonna do, you know, do a whole live ad- adaptation, live action adaptation. Who would you pick to play you? Who would I pick to play me? Oh my god, <laughs> maybe like Ryan Durst." Ryan Durst could play me for sure. That's a good He'd one. Probably play a really good one because I, uh, I I've get get accused of looking like him all the time, and I guess it would be like this. Uh, it would be one of those coming of age films where it's just like a crazy kind of like oh, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area and East Bay Area, California and Northern California, and just a just a kid growing up in the eighties and watching it and not being able to buy star wars toys and then being thrilled when the new one came in out and watching everyone tell you how terrible (laughs) so (laughs) it's been a rough it's been a rough life but to circle back to what i said just two questions ago about megatron too like it's such a fickle thing because it's like magic. You never want I don't I don't ever want to lift too much of the curtain up. You know what I mean? And um I still want it to remain mysterious and so I don't like being so blatant about it. So if some of my answers seem vague, that's 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 the reasoning behind it a little bit. No, you're you're totally fine. Uh the internet is a powerful tool, but can be a strange place. Have you come across any Roadhog fan fiction? If so, please describe it in great detail. <laughs> Man great indeed uh i've seen a lot (laughs) i've seen a lot i think i've seen i mean i've seen it all i don't know what else i could have seen but (laughs) 
But I, Hey, I think the most uh, cool part about that is that people spend time to just draw their own versions of the character. You know, if they want to draw him lounging in a lounge chair with junk rat, get catching a tan, whatever, I'm down with it. You know what I mean? I think it's cool that uh, people put so much time and effort into these fanfics and these ships and everything. I think, I think it's, it's awesome. I've seen some really, uh, I love when they draw Rohan with big muscles. Like that's my favorite. <laughs> they make him all ripped and buff. I'm like, yeah, that's better. <laughs> Absolutely. The more muscular and the more, you know, detailed, the better. We had an amazing artist called uh, cherry pie who did mm-hmm. some amazing commissions for me. And she, draws most of her stuff like like in that style just big rip muscles big dudes and, and super <laughs> uh super cool super cool artist so follow nice. her stuff shout out <laughs> then out. and then uh the other thing i do want to ask um this relates to uh, the show dama on amazon so how do you approach dubbing live action as opposed to uh, any sort of animation I got to work with Todd Abercorn on, on that actually. Really? Um, yeah. And so that was like, it was funny too, because I didn't know, like, <laughs> I didn't know it was him in the very first, like, cause when we first started the session, he was doing remote mm-hmm. and I was in the studio, but something was messed up with the program they were using when he wasn't able to see without lag program was working long story short. So he was like, look, I can be there in 30 minutes. Cause I live in blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'll just, jet right over they're like okay so we waited and then he showed up and i was like oh todd oh todd like (laughs) and so you know the best part about that for me was that that was a uh like a breakout a re-breakout for me because it was the first big thing we did after covid Mm -hmm. and it really reinstilled my confidence as an actor i got a shout out todd for really being there for me we did like a week and a half two weeks straight on that season and he's an absolutely amazing director and human being and friend. And so I was so stoked to be able to work with him. And he brought out this great depth in me that I didn't know was possible. And he gave me confidence and um, recording something like that is so serious. There are so many like serious scenes when, you know, like his son's addicted to drugs and he's wrestling him into a bed so he can handcuff him. So when he's coming down off heroin and you're like, you're trying to dub that and it's like man all right. <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? it's it's like that was episode one so yeah <laughs> so it was it was uh it was amazing amazing time i recommend seeing any if you want to watch it in portuguese too the original language do it because the the actor is freaking incredible uh i can't remember his name now and i'm upset but uh you guys can throw it in the article but all right definitely <laughs> it's really uh it's a great show and it's like a crime drama con- kind of similar in the vein of narcos uh and doing live adr to answer your question is uh is a little bit easier for me because you have the original track there so i can see and feel what the original actor did and just emulate that and hope that it was a, it was a good actor because sometimes we did a film called Project Gemini that was uh, out recently. It's a movie. And that was a lot of uh, ADR work as well. And some of the lines were already there, but the actors were uh, were not American, but they spoke English. Um, 
but they spoke it with very thick accents. And so as a result, when you're trying to match the, the flap on some of their mouths, it doesn't naturally work with a real American accent. You know, okay. for instance, when you say, I want to go outside, <laughs> <laughs> it has a little bit of, you know what I mean? Just a small tab of Russian, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just, and so it was a, a challenge to, to line it up, but that's what the, the name of the game. So it, it, it can be challenging um, when you don't have a lot to work with and the mm-hmm. scene requires you to really take the leap, but it can be a little bit more uh, adaptable because you can hear it beforehand, at least for me. That's a really good take. That's actually really interesting. So yeah. damn. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's something that I, learned a lot and i've done a couple other uh, things that are on the way and done in production that are we're wrapping up now that are going to be really cool that i can't wait to talk about just some smaller side parts and some things but to be uh, a part of these things are really cool i did a like a spanish comedy for dub for netflix and (laughs) that's going to be really (laughs) funny so i'm excited to see Stuff like that. And then, you know, like a random character detective voice for a horror movie, like just super, super little fun tidbits here and there. Okay. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And then uh, last question. Um, so I just want to say um, if Roadhog's healing uh, ability, take a breather, uh, was an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. <laughs> just because we know cocktails or different kinds of beers have you know different names now and they're kind of out there or for shits and giggles it was a marijuana strain what would it be called since you know weed has funky names as well so you can pick and choose with however you want to answer this one i think if like roadhogs if like there was a, it would be like the the drink would have to be like a shot it had to be like the one man apocalypse it had to be like 151 and like cinnamon <laughs> schnapps like lit on fire with like of a little bit of whipped cream in there so it's like this sick little bomb you know <laughs> like <laughs> or fire yeah fireball 151 lit on fire uh one man apocalypse shot and then for like a weed strand well they had like hog's breath right that's no fun let's go <laughs> maybe um uh <laughs> i think if you just had like just you could just call it road hog <laughs> <laughs> and it would be you know what I mean? like roadhog og like <laughs> Damn, that's some a good one too. Roadhog OG. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, right, right, right next to the Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, somebody in the chat, uh, Thomas is like Hogsmead. That could be one too. <laughs> Hogsmead as well. Hogsmead. Uh, yeah, dude. All sorts of fun stuff. Nice. Well, uh, since we got to wrap things up, you know, it was great, um, great time talking to you. Uh, glad I got to pick your brain. Before I let you go, do you have any cons or uh, anything that you can talk about that you can plug in or where can our followers, you know, find you uh, yeah. on social media? So I'm on uh, TikTok and Instagram is Menace Made. It's uh, Menace like you thought and then made like made. So like, <laughs> like you made something <laughs> pretty simple. And then uh, I'm on Twitter at Cranky J. Probably going to change the Twitter handle over to try and match Menace Made soon. I'm just waiting to do that. But uh yeah, we've just been pushing a lot of content online, doing stupid stuff. I'm just working a lot at Universal over the summer, still doing the show. And 
new stuff coming around the corner what just came out uh dom was released i guess last year mm-hmm. uh we have some there is some like i said a couple projects that i can't say anything about that are on the way obviously overwatch 2 being one of the big ones that's uh coming down the pipeline we're really excited to see more and more stuff released as time goes on um i know the whole team and the stuff that we've been working on that everyone can't wait to show people and i know i certainly can't wait to show people as well so we have that to look forward to um and we have some uh i have a clothing line that's coming out uh called the nightmare kids uh which is really cool and so we, there's some interesting stuff. I'm going to be at GalaxyCon in Raleigh next week, the end of July, the 29th through the 31st or 30th, I believe. Uh, we'll be out there in North Carolina and Raleigh, and then we'll be in Columbus, Ohio in November. Um, and we're trying to do DragonCon as well. Hopefully yes. trying to get out there. September, right? So, yeah. We're trying to finalize that one. That, the only one not finalized is DragonCon. So we're just trying to get the last minute deeds. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much again. This was an absolute blast. Gentlemen, you have been uh, nothing short of, of true scholars and professionals. I appreciate all you guys. Have a great rest of the evening. Thank you. You as well. Got it, bye.